Hey folks, Kevin here. Just a quick word about today's episode. I messed up while recording, and so I went in and re-recorded a good bit of my dialogue. Um, so that's what you're getting today. It's a great episode, and I uh, hope you enjoy. Welcome to Pod for Norga, the official film podcast for all of Norway. I'm Jack here in and Oslo. This is the one where the king was actually like, okay, this yes, one. this time. He okay, this one. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> um, I'm Jack. I'm I am here in Oslo, and uh, chiming in from the U.S. is this is Kevin and John, and also today our. I guess I don't want to say like returning guests. Like you're you're basically here. Erland is uh, three, three is times Erland. make the charm. Yeah, Erland. Thank you I for know. having me once again. Uh, and Erland is normally Erland records uh, with me here, but he is uh, in Rosendal. Yes, Rosendal. The... Yeah, Gazuntet. <laughs> yeah, the beautiful you're, western uh, shores. Uh, that's where Troll Hunter was filmed, right? In. I mean, in that area. Probably. I mean, to be honest, I haven't even seen Trollhunter, so I got to listen uh, to your podcast about God. that movie first. <laughs> I, I just kind of, I just figured that you were in the, in, in with us. Was that a time. plug? You're, you're you were just trying family. to plug the podcast. Yes. We're plugging yes, cross promotion. Yes. Hey, gotta do what you gotta do, right? <laughs> um, All right. Uh, Giro's around here somewhere. Giro's in the other room. Hi, Giro. I hope I hope the uh, microphone picked that up. Uh, Giro uh, didn't watch the movie, so it's just the boys today. Guta, so we have good uh, Guta stemming. Is that is that at all right? That's early? it. Yeah, Guta stemming. Uh, okay, Guta stemming. Like, how how do you translate that? It's like, uh, like bo- it's like boys vibes. It's I mean yeah. <laughs> for, sausage for... is that sausage fest basically? <laughs> I mean yes, I think sausage definitely. fest connotes slightly different things. <laughs> this Fair is enough. more like this is more like. Um, you know all those memes that's like out with the boys or like uh, yeah. uh, crack one open, co- crack open a Cohen with the boys. That's oh, literally boys. what it is. Boys night. <laughs> um, hey guys, what movie are we talking about today? We are talking about the 2016 movie The King's Choice, directed by Eric Poppe, which is uh, although is an interesting translation of the name of the movie, as we mentioned before. So it's The King's Choice in English, or Kongen's Nye, which directly translates as The King's No. Oh. Which is a spoiler, though. But I mean, I think spoiler. for, for an international spoiler. audience, it's a great title. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Oh, yeah. Norwegians presumably know what choice he made, but perhaps yes. foreigners do not. Don't know. don't know how World War II ended. Um Oh, yeah. So um, is there anything we need to talk about before we start the movie? Anything going on? Or do we just want to avoid the the burning? I really appreciated Go. the uh, nuanced title. <laughs> um, a lot of layers I mean, if, to if, it. The naming so. conventions are pretty uh, pretty straightforward. But actually, though, this is um, this is like the events leading up to Max Manus, right? This is, this is essentially the prequel to Max Manus. Right. Okay. Cool. That's right. Uh, it, it, <laughs> it 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 is, but it like it almost tracks to like the day because isn't the opening scene of Max Manus is like, like the Germans had like uh, like yeah, exactly. day four or five the yeah. takeover. So that's uh is that's, is uh, Seberg Max Manus really? He's the Norwegian everyman. Not e- not exactly, <laughs> but he seems like a he seems representative. And now I'm telling yep. a really bad joke. <laughs> Get out. Get out. Okay, we'll do. Uh, this uh, I did. Uh, so this is I, I'm kind of a World War II nerd a bit, mostly because of spill-off from my father, who is super into it. Um, so this takes place during a period called the Phony War. If anyone uh, is interested in knowing that, uh, after war was declared in 1939, when the when Poland got invaded, um, then for about a period of like nine months, there was this like the hostilities were not very high between the Allied powers and the and the, the Nazis and, and the the Italians. Um, so this where so where there wasn't a lot of combat and. <laughs> During this period, Norway was invaded, which apparently wasn't good enough to be considered part of like the major uh, events of <laughs> this World was War like II, the so. lull of uh, the lull yeah. right before 
Shit got real. Yeah. The lull. Yeah, this is the lull. Like, a lot of people don't know, like, during this invasion, so, so the, the Germans invade in what, in what they mentioned here is called Operation Veserabung, where they, like, invaded five different ports at the exact same time in, like, a really complex operation. And the British, obviously, we, we see some stuff here in Norway. The Norwegians kind of dropped the ball. The British totally dropped the ball because they thought they tracked the invasion and they thought all these ships were going out into the Atlantic. And they were like, oh, we'll just stay back. And they found out later, oops. Uh, Norway's being invaded. Then, I don't know, a lot of people don't know this, but the British and the French sent troops, and they were battling in in Narvik, and up in the north there was, like, British-French combat with the, with the Germans. And then France got invaded, and they were like, oh, shit, we're pulling all of them out. And then uh, Norway was kind of... And fun. the rest is history. Yep. <laughs> and the rest is history. But, um, sorry, so that's my little uh, little background stuff. Let's Let's talk about this movie. Does anyone want to give me some overall thoughts uh, of what you thought of the movie yeah i really liked it it was really well made i thought that there's some cool cinematic things that uh, i'm gonna touch on later okay but, uh, i really thought it was uh, overall is good uh, how about you john what'd you think of this so I, I i liked it i think um it harkened back to it, um, kind of some traditional war movie back what hawken hawken erlin what's the name of the king the 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 main king who says his, in, whose choice is in this is given. movie? Yes. So he was originally called Carl of Denmark, mm. but like once you become the, king of Norway, you have to take a traditional name. Right. So his name is is Hawkum. Hawkum. So he Hawkumed back. Hawkum. So yeah. he Hawkumed back to earlier. Movies. Oh God! Oh, oh, God. God. That was okay, such again, a long walk. Get, get out. Just just get out. <laughs> Fine. Goodbye. Uh, oh my God. So anyway, it hearkened back to some kind of traditional World War II or war movie tropes um, mm-hmm. and was a very, very positive portrayal of the king, which I don't think I, I don't think we necessarily mm-hmm. see anymore. I think more recently movies have focused on like the line soldier and tended to I, I don't know. I guess there was some there's been some positive Winston Churchill portrayals recently, but making them yeah. seem kind of flawed. But um, mm-hmm. but I, I don't know. I kind of like that. And also but also you know you don't see you don't see in a lot of war movies like the protagonist just kind of running uh and being chaotic and disorganized so i mean i think it was true to history in that sense but also like this i don't know there was something there was something that seemed very honest and also kind of norwegian about this movie in that sense like they're not mm-hmm. necessarily idolizing to a fake degree um there were hard choices they were unprepared in in this circumstance. They made the best of it, and in particular, the king did some uh, did did a really great job, kind of standing up for democracy. Um, I I don't know that I've seen a ton of movies where like the American president is just kind of running for his life, even though that certainly happened in the War of eighteen twelve and also the Civil War a little bit and, and a couple other times. White so House down. I I, I appreciated that. Happened in White House down. White all White House down. That's true. In that true history mm-hmm. of, uh, of of our future. Exactly. I I definitely agree with that. I I think it was definitely like a very honest portrayal. Um, I also liked you know just in general kind of the the quality of the film. You know, I, I felt like it was like a well made, like like a real movie. You know. Uh, not to not to always go back to Nukas, but with like this was we're this not was, going to we're not relitigating Nukas. <laughs> this was a real movie, and like the st- the costume design was really cool. I I, uh, I liked yeah. how they kind of yeah. I mean another kind of cultural um, thing to note here is just kind of like you know the Norwegian people, especially back then, uh, and I'm guessing almost anybody any country with a monarchy, they're only used to really seeing their kings, you know, in these super formal wear and super formal yeah, attire and stuff. And I, and yeah, yeah. Whereas, like, here you had scenes where they were, like, really stressed out. You know, they were, like, just, like, in their underpants, practically. Like, there's yeah. uh, there's at least or one scene that's, fetal, like... In the fetal position a lot. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Or in the fetal position. So I, I felt like it was a very honest portrayal. But what, I have um, a question about and that. Like, was it for his lungs? Was that... No, his back. His back, his back. yeah. Yeah, he, he, he back. had back. So they mentioned they actually mentioned it at some point, and I looked. I looked this up. It's because he, he had um, 
pretty strong back pain, and that was a way of fixing it. So that was just hilarious, that scene when he's on the, on the phone. Yeah, I think like, it's like at first I was like, why are they showing this twice? But then I'm like, okay, yeah. it's because oh, he's, he's a human it. being. And like at the end of the day, this guy's just another human yeah. being. And I, I like that. Um, you're absolutely wrong. He's appointed by God. <laughs> yeah. Ordained. Um, I, I will jump in, guys. I don't think I liked this movie. Oh. Um, it was... Um, no, I want to say it was, uh, uh, it was, uh, this is going to sound, it was fine. It was fine. I, could, I mean, I, I agree. I, I mean, I'm not, I'm always, I, I don't want to be fine. a critical yeah, one like here the, too, but. This is, did not, no, 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 this didn't, to me, um, I agree with a lot of you said, I thought it was very competently made. Um, the, the cinematography is fine. I think, again, I, I went and checked the budget. So this was made on for 7 million US dollars. Um, not bad. Um, considering, uh, yeah, you know, the good. use of uh, how they use CGI and having one, you know, medium-sized battle scene. Um, and, and all they, the they, costumes. they did a lot with... Yeah, of course, like a, for a period piece, like that's hard to shoot. And uh, and they had some establishing shots in um, in uh, Oslo, and so, it, which they had to obviously use like a lot of cars and um, some CGI for that. Um, but overall... Oh, hello, dog. Um what did you think of the movie, Bronx? Um, no, uh, the, but I, I did have some problems with it, with this. I thought the movie could have... I thought the movie dragged a bit. I thought it, if it was over two hours, I think, and I think you could have cut 30 minutes out of it, one. Um, two, I, 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 I... For a movie called The King's Choice, the king makes... Really, he makes one choice, and God bless him for that, but I feel like for most of the movie, he has almost no agency where he is not making any, um, he's not making any uh, real active choices. I mean, I guess there's the debate about um, where the family should be when they're splitting up, but a lot of the time it's just people running up to the king and like, we have to go, we have to go, you're going, you're That's doing so this. True. And and I would have, I was hoping more it would be like, he's making the decision, like, oh, we're staying here, no, I, or like making more active choices rather than just being taken with the events, mm. which... He was quite passive, um, kind for of, sure. But... He was very passive until the big end because then this is building up to the big scene with uh, the with Bauer. And that's what I was uh, – this is where my real disappointment was. I really did not like the character of uh, Bauer, the, the German envoy. Because – so this is like a movie I knew it was going to be a lot about the king. This – Bauer gets a lot of time. Yeah. Like I would say he is the second most – lines or he has the second most scenes in the entire movie it's almost he he is it's almost half his movie mm. and I also so think while he was the best happy, actor I, I, just oh, to jump in sure. there i think he gave the best okay. performance uh, greed well i i he graded on me a little bit <laughs> and this we 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 could talk about because i you know like when when you get an idea stuck in your head and it's like all you can notice Mm-hmm. I felt that about him when I'm like, he always seems out of breath. Like no matter what, he is completely. <laughs> he's, he's fucking stressed, man. I mean, he's he's, he's uh, and he obviously yeah, he's he's biggest day of his career, biggest day. Yeah, like yeah. his ass like, is on the line. Kept his ass is on the line. Yeah, but then it, so I, once I was realizing, oh, like they're giving a lot of scenes to this guy. Oh, and then I'm like, they. I swear to God, he better meet the king. Like this is clearly what we're seeing is this back and forth between these guys who are eventually going to meet. And then I'm like all hyped, like, oh, this is going to be the big scene where they come at each other. And like, that's where he's going to make this choice. But I thought that the act, like, I was hoping for a better showdown because even though I feel like the, the envoy comes from a position of power over the king, really, like, we have conquered a ton of your land. We can kill a lot of you. You need to make a choice right now. He, he, he seemed very submissive and ang- like mm-hmm. anxious and which but that's the that's you hear it yeah, and hold on that, that, that's the norwegian drama though uh, that, yeah, yeah but like it's it's he is the first democratically elected king mm-hmm. and so he stands for that you know democratic ideal that uh, you know platonic ideal of democracy <laughs> right <laughs> okay, i guess that's funny sure mm-hmm. okay but it was very what's very interesting about that to me again is that the like they mentioned at the beginning um in the title credits at least in the english version it, it says like it reminds that the king is a ceremonial position he has no power 
But throughout this entire movie, the entire government, like the like, I feel like theoretically the cabinet could just be like, "We're making a call. We have the decision to make here," and he, I mean, they could ignore him, but he carries so much, so much power, and it's a very odd thing to be like what you're saying about him standing for democracy through his being a king and his ultimate decision at the end to say if you do this like you have a like the government has a right to capitulate if it wishes but i will um abdicate if that happens which kind of forces their hand because they want to be seen as having a legitimacy through the king which is um (laughs) shall we uh go oh go ahead Earl. i I was also just gonna say that like for somebody who doesn't maybe know the the history that well and and like myself included because to be honest i should really know more norwegian history but i would also say that like there are multiple times where i'm like is this the choice wait no this like (laughs) is this is this the choice like like for a lot of viewers you're actually going to be like was the choice to leave was the choice to evacuate or that or you know like there's so many kind of moments I, i i like what you said jack about how during all those moments, he actually didn't have agency. But at least in terms of how the movie was actually presented to the audience, it was very much like, um, "This is happening. How do you react?" Or like, "This is these are your options." Or like, "These are these are your lack of options." But at the same time, uh, I do I do hear you in saying in 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 like it dragged and then it culminated to this climactic uh, diplomatic meeting, which I thought was well done i guess but it was more just like it lacked any emotional depth because yeah i don't know they, they try to touch we'll, on so many that's things norwegian you know? drama they do uh, all. i, I uh, yeah we'll, we'll let's get into that when we we uh, uh get to that part at the in the third act of the movie so now um but what, one, we one, one final thought yes I, I think he's i think he is choosing throughout i think he is choosing not to act so even though he ha- he seemed to have no agency he has seemed mm-hmm. to be kind of like doing what other people tell him. I, I He has that kind of poignant discussion with his son where his son is saying, you know, we should do this. We were telling them we were doing this, that, and the other thing. And he's like, no, that's not what we do. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. I, I think I think that that's choice a, a matters. So anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, let's, uh, let's go through. How about we talk about some of the stuff we see in the first act? So in the opening of the movie, <laughs> we get the credits showing the real old-time video of the, uh, the king. Um, from his arrival in Norway up until the events of the movie. Um, we uh, uh, see the night prior to the invasion um, uh, where the Germans are preparing, and um, at least what we see them listening to the radio and the envoy uh, at the envoys. Um, my girl Tuva Novotny shows up um, <laughs> playing uh, pr- uh, Princess uh, Martha. Um, so, uh, to, oh, real, uh, so quick point, Erlen. She's speaking Swedish, the king is speaking Danish, and everyone else is yes. speaking Norwegian. And they're all fucking British. <laughs> because, like, that's the thing about about the royal yeah. family is, like, they're actually all from the UK, but they're all just kind of, like, they're, like, little proxy mm-hmm. rulers, you know, mm-hmm. that were, like, they mm-hmm. all spawn from the UK, and then they're, like, I mean, yeah, and the brother, like, um, his brother is the king of Denmark, you know, and then mm-hmm. she was the the princess of Sweden, and... Um, she actually, when she, I don't know if you guys know this, but did you know that when she left with the kid, that little kid is Norway's current King. And during the whole war, they were with president Roosevelt at the white house. And there are rumors that there was a little romance between them. Uh, I believe that. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. And I I like, and, and Martha and Maud. Oh no, sorry. Not Maud. Yeah. Marta Louise. Marta Louise, the prin- the the princess. Yeah, oh the, my the God. Swedish, or like basically the 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 wife of uh, Olaf, uh, the the wow. like hot headed son. I I did love uh, there's this the part where they play the actual recording of Quisling addressing the nation. Yeah. And as it's starting, all the kids are running around, and the king is, or, or I think uh, the prince is like Harold, shut up. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, oh, yelling at the current king. <laughs> that's a uh, that's good. Uh, so the two things I wanted to cover now is um, the events of the lead up to the war, um, uh, kicking off with um, how it's portrayed through the king receiving the information and talking 
uh, amongst the other members of the royal family, ha what's happening at the Germans, uh, the German envoy at the diplomatic mission, and also what's happening at Oskarburg Fortress um, before the um, the battle scene with the uh, the Blucher the, uh, uh, ship coming up the fjord. Um, how'd you feel that was portrayed? I thought that was one of the best scenes in the whole movie. That like very theatrical kind of dark quietness um, and the intensity of like what's going to happen next. Uh, you know, nobody's really sure. Everyone's on edge. Um, and uh, I thought it was, it was just so, so well done. Uh, you know, er, er, the little dialogue that, that was there was very effectively used. Uh, like the, uh, you know, the one, just the one command to fire. But um, yeah, no, I thought I, I loved it. I loved that was uh, to jump on that, Kevin. I Lo the my I think my favorite scene in the movie was the Blucher scene because just how that the silent panning of that searchlight back and forth and then I was like what am I looking at? and then how it just catches that you just see that in that one sweep a shadow hits it's and, very well done and they yeah. hit you, and they hit you with the Hans Zimmer like Wah, right yeah. <laughs> I was yeah, literally I about was... to say the one thing that I loved about the intro was the score. Like there was a bit of yeah, like, like you said, score. Hot Zimmer. I, I was like I, I literally wrote down yeah. a bit Nolan because like yeah, there was... was a good score to this. I, I definitely I also I, liked I, like I when shit went down, uh, and they're finding out about it in the palace. Then they like go into this elaborate dining room and then they film up and you see this like eagle on the ceiling. Yeah, yeah. and I'm like yeah. the Nazis cool. are here. You know, Is they're coming here. Yeah. I did. I, I really like the fortress, the, the fortress scene uh, when the commanders are because so the, uh, there's there's some interesting like history behind this. So they had the they had the fortress manned um, um, with they only had two functioning guns. Everyone pretty much there except for the NCOs were just fresh recruits who had like no idea what they were doing. So there's this colonel. And then the torpedo, they have these secret torpedoes. So they have these torpedo bays on the side that the actual, the Germans did not know about. And the reason the Germans did not know about it is because these torpedoes were 50 years old. They had never been fired. Wow. So, <laughs> so there's a real possibility so they, had 50 they wouldn't year old go. torpedoes. And they had all trained on them, but they that's never, insane. like, it was too expensive. That's, so they never actually fired insane. them. So it was a gamble. Oh like, but they were. <laughs> yeah, so they may not go, and then they so they got the reports of those ship coming up, which you hear the the commander of the fortress saying like they're like there's no way we can know who this is, like who's coming up the fjord, and like they're they yeah, and they they line the the shots on it, and there's like the uh, uh, this <laughs> there's this apparent moment where they're like, all right. Like, what if we're wrong? Like, what if we do something like we do something bad and we create like we kill a bunch of people in this bad diplomatic incident? And he's like, it is a battleship traveling up the fjord with no lights on. Fuck <laughs> they, this bitch. They we're are sinking the enemy and we yeah. will sink them. And he and I don't think this happened in the movie, but apparently the, the guy right before his final order was and the quote was. I am either going to be, de I will either be decorated or court-martialed, <laughs> open fire. But he, he <laughs> did say that with a look. That's Luckily great. Why wasn't that in the movie? That's a great line. That's, yeah, that's so true. That, I know. That and then he either. sunk it. They killed all of them. And that that's that decision, like, saved the, you know, because they were going to roll up, like, right into the harbor and Oslo and offload and probably would have captured the king. Their objective was to capture the king, capture the cabinet, and capture the gold, mm -hmm. which was all, which no mention oh, yeah. of this in the movie, but that was evacuated. Uh, the big, oh, they, it was, like, I, the gold was what, I, I, I mean, what I've heard is, like, the iron ore was, mad, and, like, um, like, you mentioned there was a very historic battle yeah. up north and that's because mm -hmm. like there's this very strategic railroad up there mm -hmm. that basically connects yeah. to a lot of uh of iron Sweden. mines yeah yeah there's a lot of swedish ore that would come through so that was a major uh, reason for the german mm -hmm. invasion um, which they i think they mentioned in here they, i think they drop um, it but for a question for the the you guys are like a bit more history oriented than me but like one thing that i was like at least partially reminded of when watching this uh is that idea that like the Norwegian people, I think in, you know, in the background, they had heard that Sweden was neutral, right? Um, and yeah. then there was like, they didn't actually know where they stood on Germany because like the Germans were saying like, we're here to save you from a British invasion. And like, there were actually several people, as far as I understand it, that, that were like concerned that, okay, well, we're pretty strategic, like we're important strategically. So either the British are going to kind of annex us or... Uh, the Nazis will, and 
mm-hmm. think there was a bit of dissonance there. I don't know. I mean, obviously now on this side of history, we're kind of like yes, <laughs> very pro allies. Obviously, well, that that is. I mean, there they the number one goal, you, you are correct, Ron, like there, there was a lot of talk about who is actually going to invade us. And there were plans, like both countries, the UK talked about preemptively invading Norway just to occupy it and to prevent the, the Germans from getting it. So there, what the, the, the um, uh, Norwegian position was just like, we are out of this and we will fight whoever invades us. So that, so there, and I think I've mentioned this on the previous podcast. This also wasn't in the movie. Um, but that when the king was first woken up yeah. in the middle of the night, yeah, yeah. They, they say, they told uh, your country is at war. And he asked, okay, with, with whom? Yeah. yeah. Like, Germany, you, sir. I, I, like, I was oh, really yes. hoping to see that because you've told I, that story many times on this podcast. I and I'm now, I, yeah. I'm wondering if it's really I, true. I, I looked this we up. Know you're lying. I'm not this. I, you I, are I choose lying. this. This and is the this reality is with which I choose. And that is and an acceptable position the these later. days. I just so. kind of <laughs> wish they, they had like a bit more dialogue or something to just to kind of give the audience more context about that. Because yes. like uh, for for especially if you're, you know, obviously this is tailored mm-hmm. towards a Norwegian audience predominantly. But yep. I think even for their benefit and especially for international audiences, sure. like you want to be given some more a little bit more context mm-hmm. as to like where Norway stood and. Yeah, like you could have, yeah. you could have just easily had some expositional dialogue with some. And characters. I think that's that's where I was. I was too latched onto learning about the history of everything to, you know, kind of focus on the minor details like that. Can I can I say one thing that bothered me in this movie? Uh, Absolutely um, not. Okay, never mind. Um, no, <laughs> was I am getting very tired of the. Um, there's this trope character, German character, um, which is very flat to me. And that is um, here we see it through this. It's it's the trope of like a gruff, like headstrong, stubborn Nazi who's always smoking with a very deep voice, going, "I have my orders." The Führer himself planned this, <laughs> and like every single German is like that. And and it made me very confused um, because obviously, like you're like, "Oh, he's evil." I mean, whatever Nazis, they're evil. Um, but then, but then he is. That is a debate we see between the military, the German military officers, and the um, and the envoy and Bauer, and which kind of puts Bauer as like, "But I'm standing here for diplomacy, and we can work peace with the Norwegians. We have to go for peace." And I'm like, "Are we supposed to be rooting for Bauer? Like, because he's also I think we a were Nazi. Yeah, like, or that's kind of rooting thing. for peace." But, I don't right? like, I really don't like the myth. There's like this myth of the good German. Like it's only the army was bad, but all the, 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 not the civilian Nazi party was like, was wanted peace. And like, no, fuck this guy. Like, yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I feel like that also gets back to the lack of context. Like, um, so much was just kind mm-hmm. of, I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> It also connects to the next part of the movie. It's like, I felt like they spent way too much time looking at the king and the son and not enough mm-hmm. time talking about the geopolitics that actually surrounded the the, the event. Like there was yeah. like like maybe 45 minutes of screen time That's a good point. where like they were just seeing arguing. the cabinet debate more or like the cabinet being like, maybe we should do something because we have one scene in a church where the cabinet's debating, but yeah, I just, not too much. Yeah, maybe this is coming. <laughs> I, coming I think there was but. maybe a... I mean, I think there's maybe a, like a means versus ends kind of debate mm-hmm. there. So, like, I, I'm pretty sure this our our friendly Nazi negotiator guy kind of wanted the same end overall, right? He still wanted the Nazis to reign supreme and Hitler to take over. Ultimately, even if he wanted it to happen by way of, say, respecting neutrality for a little bit. Um, but his problem was like the means. He didn't want the invasion or think it was necessary. Uh, and that's probably because he's a diplomat. So his way of kind of getting more power for himself or succeeding or rising in the ranks is doing diplomat stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know that he's necessarily a good guy. I mean, he's not, yeah. clearly. I, 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 and I don't he, know that... He slaps what's-her-face just to, so we know for sure that he's a bad guy. <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing. You you can't have a dramatically mm. complicated Nazi. You know, you, you can you you can only you can't have a sympathetic Nazi. That's just my, <laughs> them Nazis. That's it, not yeah. how it how it works. So, uh. ha- have you guys also um, have you seen the movie Valkyrie with Tom oh, Cruise? Man. Yes, yes. Why I tried. Time. 
I tried to watch it once. <laughs> okay. I've seen it once. Really? I couldn't, I couldn't do the Tom Cruise from German to American accent. Huh. I couldn't do it. Specifically Tom Cruise. Specifically Tom Cruise. But there's this, the, a scene in, in that movie happens almost exactly the same in this movie. Um, which is when it, it, which again, I, I, you know what? I think I just got in a bad headspace on this movie that once I noticed something, I just, I, I, you know, like you, you pick on one thing and then you start trying to pick everything. Um, it was the scene where Hitler gets on the phone with him and you, he immediately snaps to attention and stands up and yeah. is like, mind fear. I, I've, I've seen that. I feel like in three different movies and. I mean, I guess you would. Maybe, maybe that's the proper response to Hitler picking up the phone and being like, let me talk to him. So, uh, I don't know. I doubt I, that even happened, too, right? Like, well, it's one of those, it's like... I doubt he, yeah. I doubt he called it's like him. It's one of those cinematic tropes of, you know, even though we don't see, we don't see Hitler, we see the reaction that people have even when they're on the phone with him. I think they were on FaceTime, though, so I think oh, he did. Oh, yeah, that's right. right. That's right, FaceTime. Advanced Nazi technology. Um... Uh, how'd you guys feel about the um, the actual na- fleeing? So once from the moment that the king gets uh, leaves the palace, he goes, which was actually really uh, shot in the that palace. That was one of my questions. Yeah, that um, was a real palace. Yeah. That was the actual. Oh man, that was such a cool shot. Yeah, no, that is the palace. And the scene where the t- with the, the the eagle on the ceiling, that is there. That's that's a waiting room, um, and uh, because there's all of these animals. Uh, painted very intricately and the idea was um so when people would come and wait for the king they'd have something to look at to pass the time oh. and like, look at all these that's nice words. And that's so, yes, very kind yeah, of them pleasant. very considerate um I love, yes. I love that little bit though that back and forth with the guards and the king like yeah like the, oh, i forgot uh, this, this thing and i, uh, I forgot this thing right. uh I, yeah i, yeah, I gotta so, oh my god go yeah that was just i love that little yeah um and farcical so, thing so what did you think of the scenes from him? So once they start fleeing from, um, h- how was the portrayal of his, uh, taking the trains and then the cars and his retreat north of the end of the I country? I thought that was so, I thought it was, it was great. I mean, it was very chaotic. You know, everyone was trying to figure out what, mm-hmm. what exactly was going on. Nobody had all the information at, at mm-hmm. one time. So they all had to rely on, you know, piecemeal, uh, you know, by, by, by phone calls and by, mm-hmm. uh, by mail. Uh, it's, it yeah. was a very uh, real oh. life thing, not a dramatic, you know, dramatically constructed event. It is convenient. They're, they're all trying to get information like, what is the status? Where's our troops? Don't worry. Don't worry. We're mobilizing by mail. <laughs> um, Did that, that, that is absurd. <laughs> yeah, that, that was, that was, that was pretty, pretty bad. Um, um, what else do I have here? Um, uh, oh, let's uh, can we let's talk about Seberg, uh, who is introduced like halfway into the movie. Um, the mobile, so that's the uh, troops that are going to be fighting. I think it's somewhere near Hamar that they set up a line that they're going to be trying to stop the German advance. Yeah, uh, those troops uh, huh. they looked pretty ragtag to me. Very so young, co- very young. Actually, very young or very old. I think I saw one guy that was definitely in his thirties, like. Well, sorry, what was, was it Frederick Seberg? I think that sounds right, uh, yeah. Private, the little, private the little Seberg. The right yeah. yeah, I love that moment when he, he walks up to the king in the car and he's he's like, oh, hello, Mr. The Gang. only thing I noted salute. was that, like, that guy, he just looks like uh, a lot of the lads from Dunkirk. And again, there was, like, that <laughs> yeah, Nolan yeah. kind of, but I was like, you know, he mm-hmm. just represented uh, just a lad. Yeah, like I I appreciate the that I, if this movie was just like about the king retreating, you know, because uh, which they pay lip service to, like a lot of people are going to have to die to protect this ceremonial king moving north, mm. and and I appreciate them at least showing these moments with the, this kid who's gonna, you know, that, that I, who you know gets into a pretty serious firefight, and um, which I thought was uh, done competently well. That um, was cool. Takes a yeah, into a face. I thought it was also um, very cool that it was a real person. You know, like they could have easily mm-hmm. just made up a fake character, but they actually did the research yes. for like a real person. Oh, I thought he was a goner for sure. And then you're like, oh, this is a real dude and he lived. Yeah. And uh, I do like the, uh, the how he, um, uh, he, he is hit, injured pretty bad, um, and is able to give fake information to the Germans to <laughs> help uh, slow down their advance. Well done on him. Um, 
This is, um, can someone tell me why he does a handstand? He's fucking around. I think he's just trying to lighten the mood, you know? Yeah. No, he's just like, he's like, <laughs> everyone looks like they're, you know, and rightfully so. They're like, Jesus, you know, we're, in, we're like, yeah, we're getting invaded and we're hiding in a barn and we're like literally 20 people and we're all under the age of 20. And he's like, yeah, he's <laughs> exactly. a kid. I don't know. Yeah. I just I do love the, the one thing oh, I, I noticed about those soldiers I just that I loved was that they're all wearing mittens. They're all wearing like traditional Norwegian mittens. And I'm like, hell yeah, like like army technology. <laughs> you may, uh, yeah. Oh, I do like I do like a good uh, uh, I also like a, a, a nice tension before a battle scene. I, I like because I, I, I like when in a scene they lead up, like you see those trucks coming up and the tanks and then the Germans getting out. And I'm like, okay, um, shoot. And then like they keep moving and I'm like, okay, maybe surely they'll shoot now. And like then eventually I'm like with these guys, because they're all like, why aren't we opening fire on the Nazis? And then when they open up, it opens up. Oh, man, like, it's crazy. I, there's this one uh, special of, or this one effect that uh, you don't see a whole mm -hmm. lot in, in World mm -hmm. War II movies. Um, it's, you know, you see the tracer rounds every once in a while, like from, yeah. from like, machine guns and stuff. But, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But, like, you, you, you don't see, like, the, the, the motion parallax. Uh, but, but, like, the camera's moving, and you see the projectile moving in the distance with the camera. You know, so you mm -hmm. actually can see yeah that depth that depth of, changing yeah, of, yeah, yeah yeah as they move in the air and there's a uh, this movie that um that, it, with tanks and there was Shia LaBeouf <laughs> well now the movie was uh, a, fu a fury and the yeah. the projectile gets shot off and it bounces oh off skips the yeah, yeah it, ba it, skips it bangs off <laughs> and it just it just whistles out yeah I know exactly what you're talking yeah about. yeah that that oh my god yeah. that was so great that, but that you see that kind of stuff yeah happening. I do I do like that and uh, I did like the flare going up beforehand like it changing that color and yeah okay I did uh, I, I appreciate well, that uh, right it was a good it was battle like, scene you know, yeah well, pretty and again for the budget that's uh. I'm sure you just hire some uh, reenactors who like like to do this on the weekend anyway, and then let them go out and shoot. There are there are some uh, some Max Manus guys in this movie, so um, I, uh, I, Tuva Novotny, of course. Oh wait, no wait, was she in it? No, she was not in Max Manus. I don't, I can't keep track. These these are... Did you guys notice the uh, Wilhelm scream? Yes. <laughs> yep. It was so obviously the Wilhelm uh, yeah. scream. Um, and and but it was like it, it was there. And it was intentional. All of the other sound kind of got like a little bit reduced, and you could hear that one effect yeah. over everything else. And I was just like, "Oh my god!" Of course, yeah, it will help scream. It was. You could tell it was. Will. Um, should we uh, uh, talk a bit about the? Let's let's get into the third act and talk about the decision for the king to go and have the negotiation um, with Bauer um, in a, a very cozy. Let, this movie. Good cozy house game, right? Oh like, yeah, that does hundred percent. Norwegian low farms. ceilings. Yeah, yeah. Norwegian this was like very very kushling. The soul scene was very yeah intimate mm. and warm and yeah. I'm, I'm, it's in our yeah. DNA. Yeah, it's it's yeah. the Norwegian way. Well, uh, so so Ted, give give me your thoughts about this final thing. I've already expressed how how maybe my frustrations on on what I was hoping for more of a showdown, more of a debate. Um, uh, what did you guys think of it, of the, 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 um, negotiation between the King and Bauer? I, I actually really, really liked this scene because it was mm -hmm. very much subdued and it was actually a real negotiation. Mm -hmm. You know, they were both coming from, uh, from very strong positions of power, but at the same time, they he, were like, yeah, they were both, uh, you know, I mean, Bauer wasn't actually from a place of power. He's more of that authoritarian, uh, you know, bully type, but the king actually has that. You know, like I was talking about earlier, he stands for democracy. He has that backing of the people, and so when there are these actual negotiations, you know, that they they can't blow up. They can't, you know, be all dramatic. I think that's part of you know Norwegian cinema is that that subdued reality. It is you know uh, true to human nature not to want to excite too much. Or you know agitates mm -hmm. uh, too much, mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I, I I thought it was very well done. And the the like the moment where he had to open the window to like get some air, 
I thought that was a very human human moment. Yeah, he has like a almost like a panic attack. Yeah, when you know, I, I struggled that because again, when it's based off of you know a real event, so I don't know how much this actually actually tracked with what was really happening. Um, because obviously, if you wanted to script something, I think it would be scripted differently. Because you know, I, I'm fine with like Bauer almost leaving because saying I can only negotiate with the king, and then. I, 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 I mean, maybe I'm, I'm just repeating myself, but I, I was hoping for more of a debate because uh, of the king really wrestling with like, it, you know, Bauer being like the, the by this time point in the movie, I was just like so down on the character of Bauer because he was so just he seemed so weak and impotent to me, whereas the king seemed very reserved and very kingly. So when they're going in, it, even though I was hoping if Bauer came in, with like a more confident, well, I was hoping a stronger character from a position of power coming in and saying, you know, we are killing your men. The military wants to come in and wreck house. I am your one saving, you know, I'm, I'm here to save you and going more into to what's happening in Denmark. Look how great it is there. That's your brother. Um, and, but like he was so kind of sniveling to me that it was, it, there was never any, that, that's what it was. There was never any doubt in my head being as I was immersed in the movie that the king was not going to like immediately turn this guy away. He, he never, there was never, I I thought like it was, there was never a point that I was like, wow, Bauer is really, really making some great points and some, and he's, or is charismatic or anything. You're talking a lot and you're about to lie. I feel like Kevin and I are dominating a bit here. John and Erla, what what did you guys think of this? So, so I do agree that Bauer had major small dick energy and that was not gonna. <laughs> that that was not going to be able to overcome the king's kingly big dick energy. Uh, to put it in modern terms, um, but I, I think I mean, look, what you're saying basically is, Jack, is that you want a. You're looking for conflict. You're looking for some sort of like dramatic. Uh, I'm forgetting our terms from from senior, from like English class, but yeah. you're looking for the high point of dramatic tension uh, in the story, and even though it's been building up to this, and it's literally called the King's Choice, uh, it didn't actually, it wasn't actually that much because you know you both know how it's going to go, and the movie has made it so obvious how it's going to go that um, you know that it's it's basically fait accompli. But mm-hmm. you know, imagine coming into this with no knowledge, I think kind of the whole point of the movie is that characterization, right? Um, if you don't know the history of this, then the, the, they've done some great character building, which has gotten you exactly to that point. It's like, well, yes, of course the king is going to say no. And of course Bauer is going to fail because in this, you know, hour and a half that we've seen so far, he has consistently failed and the king has consistently been stoic and Norwegian and pro-democracy. Um, and so, yeah, I, I mean, this... This individual scene is not super dramatic, um, but, you know, the whole situation, the, the situation itself is dramatic. It is trying to recount a historical event, and I think this is a movie more about character than story, necessarily. Um, and so, I don't know. I mean, I mean that it's for a movie that contains, that is about, like, a World War II invasion, it is not necessarily all that dramatic or, or shocking or, or explosive. But I think that's okay. Um, I don't know. It it is what it, it is what it is. Yeah. How about Erlen? Any any thoughts on this? Or want to <sighs> sing the praises of Bauer? You said you really like yeah, the uh, yeah. At least so the actor. I I I I kind of agree with what you were saying, Jack, about like how the the sequence itself is is quite boring, and like um, the best part of the third act, in my opinion, is like everything that happens before the meeting. So that's on the one hand just like those very, very isolated shots where the king is like freaking out, you know? And, and he's like, uh, like you, uh, yeah, he was like not in his traditional clothing and he was like having his back pain and stuff. And then the other clip, which I feel like, I feel like we haven't talked at all about um, the whole, like one of the main things that this, this movie really focused on for me, which I actually feel did not work, is the whole father-son relationship and yeah. it culminated finally, finally in this like um, scene where they're both having a cigarette outside of the outside of their car yeah. or whatever, and they're just kind of hashing mm-hmm. it out. And like I feel like for for uh, Norwegian historian oriented people, like it's like fan service because 
historically these kings are 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 known to be extremely different people and like there's constantly this dialogue of like you have to be your own king or like you have to be your you have to be yourself you you don't have to be me and like there's always this this uh, back and forth between them you know so but at the same time i felt like it just became sidelined by everything else that was being treated in the movie too so mm-hmm. like i mean we'll get back to this when we talk about who won and who lost but i essentially yeah. think that that scene just became like the whole climactic king's no scene actually just became gone because you were trying to wrap up so many other things whether it was the father father thing or 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 the uh the the battle scene which had just finished and like it was just kind of like and the only thing i'm sitting like the only feeling that i i have uh in terms of the actual scene is that the guy who played the the ambassador was the best actor like he he was the one who's he was able to like through his acting create a character that like there was it was him and the king you know they were the ones that displayed the most amount yeah. of tension in their characters like even if this was a fictional story i still think like we could just objectively kind of look at yeah. uh, which characters were flushed out and which weren't would would this movie be better if it had a different name no no i mean you don't think i think it would still be fairly dull you know what i mean like like th- uh, I mean, three it, days in norway up, or something or like it, yeah. the time the king was uh indecisive and couldn't figure out what to do so <laughs> he had to do something and, yeah. Then, yeah, yeah. and yada yada yeah exactly that's the, I don't know. the title of the movie right right hey uh kevin from now on i w- for every movie we do i think you should come up with an alternate title of the movie i well, can't make any promises, i love that idea <laughs> but yes i will absolutely <laughs> that's, do that that's that this and uh it won't be good a more appropriate it won't um, be good uh let's uh let's talk about the final little bit at the end the kind of denouement uh, the the end of the movie so he uh the king uh addresses the cabinet um in a non-corona friendly uh like kitchen because everyone is packed it's amazing how your brain is changed i'm like ooh, they're standing way too close together very um, close together no hand split anywhere uh so that he addresses the the cabinet there, basically forcing their decision that they're not going to be able to new uh negotiate with the germans and then the uh, it, it kind of ends with this scene this air raid scene where uh he has to there's bombs going off he runs into the forest and tries to cover a child which i am sure is symbolic um protecting the nation and then uh the movie kind of ends and then we get a coda of him in england um at the end of the war getting to meet a now more you know a five-year older um future king harold all three um, kings in the and, same room i thought that was very cool oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah and that's it was like kings. three generations of kings I, I i definitely like that part but yeah oh, that's cool. fan service um all right shall we go to the categories yeah let's do it let's do it um guys who won the movie does anyone have a strong opinion about who won this movie? The king. Tell me, tell me, John. Why is it the king? I mean, I think I, I again, I, I think this is maybe not the most dramatic movie in the world, but mm-hmm. uh, it this is basically a portrait or or kind of fan service to him. Uh, it you know it portrays him not as being perfect, but as being a hero. And he kind of maintains that throughout. He does what's expected of him uh, and maybe more. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know. He, he appears to me to be the unambiguous winner of, of this movie. Uh, fair answer. Kevin? I agree. Uh, but I'm a slightly different answer. I think the, uh, my guy is uh, the actor who plays the king, uh, Jesper Christensen. Uh, and for this reason, and this reason only... Uh, it's because uh, on the website IMDb, actors and people people who are listed on there can write their own biographies. Um, they can also, you know, once they attain a certain level of notoriety, they can also uh, pick their top four, uh, their top four movies that they're known for. Um, so, uh, so the the actor who plays the king, Jesper Christensen, has the best biography that I've ever. <laughs> ever seen and i i want to read it for you guys um born in 1948 in central copenhagen lived there ever since did 25 years of theater like alcess in the misanthrope richard in richard the third 
Faust in Faust, Astrov in Vanya, a lot of worried men. Stopped doing it in 1998. Since then, only worried men on film. Worked on more than 100 films by Peter Fly, Mark Forrester, John Madden, Lone Scherfig, a bunch of other names. Um, since 2000, lives with Tove Bernehoft, wonderful Danish theater manager, director, and actress. Two grown-up daughters, no animals. Dogs, pigs, chickens, cats, birds, horses, fish, rabbits. All gone now. What? <laughs> Yep. Uh, did you just mm-hmm. stub? Did you just stumble on this, and then you're like, "I need to talk about this because this is crazy." <laughs> he was also uh, Mr. White in Quantum of Solace. Oh, of course. Yeah. Oh or no? Wow. He's the guy. Oh, his, he gets Royale. like he gets yeah, no, shot in the foot them, yeah. at the end of Casino Royale. In Casino Royale. Yeah, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy yeah, yeah, shit! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. so I guess he was pretty worried then as well. Very worried. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well done. Well done, Kevin Erlin. Who won the movie? I think uh, I think Democracy won the movie, and uh, this Ooh. also gets this also gets to like kind of my my overall thoughts of of the movie in terms of like maybe its downfall, and it's that it relies in terms of like creating uh, emotional depth. I feel like it kind of fails across across the board, but the one part that it leans on very heavily is that kind of like emotional pride associated to a king a, like a modern monarch uh trusting mm-hmm. in the people beyond all else like he's like so democratic yeah. in his ideals and i feel like that was you know i i could just picture um the writers and the directors sitting down and they're like okay guys let's write this movie number one we have to we have to go through all of these historic things check 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 and then it's like okay what do we finally want to do well we want to say that democracy is the most important thing and i feel like that was the formula that was like the blueprint and everything else was just kind of like mix matched you know what i mean Yeah, yeah yeah I do. I do think that this this it, 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 this is a Norwegian patriotic movie, and patriotism movies with patriotism. It's like taking anything and dipping it in chocolate. Like patriotism tastes very good. Like it it it, it, it like scratches it. Like ah oh, yes, our country thing. And um, so you can put even you could take a shitty movie and dip it in chocolate, and I think you'd be like yeah, oh, this tastes better. But, uh, I don't know. I Sorry, still think damn. it's pretty shitty. <laughs> that was some bad quality chocolate then. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think we did a couple. I, I, I did. Le- I mean, it is very patriotic, you know, like everything for the king. And he's no everything yeah. for Norway. Yeah, also, oh, for Norway. Quick, quick note there, like the way he says it is so Danish and is just therefore yeah. not Norwegian. So instead of yeah. saying <laughs> alt, alt for Norge, he says Alfenor. Which is like, for, for, it for me is like, it just becomes non-Norwegian, right? <laughs> it's yeah, so yeah, funny. Yeah. It's weird. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, uh, I, oh, it's, I need to say who, who won the movie. For me, um, I was going to originally say uh, Norwegian cozy old houses with low ceilings because I was just like, man, I fucking love those. But I want to I give a shout out to uh, Colonel Erickson and his massive brass balls as he commanded the uh, Oscarberg Fortress. And I don't know, that guy, that actor, just like, so, you know, you're in there for like one, two scenes, you know, like a, he's got maybe a page or two of dialogue and just conveys like, Oh, I will do whatever this guy says. Like I, <laughs> I will this burn this like mother in, down. Yes, this guy's in his sixties and probably could beat the shit out of me. And I kept thinking that because he's got <laughs> that face, he has that image that like, and his steely gaze. And I went to look him up, and I thought like, why? Like, why is this? Um, it, it, why is is this actor conveying this to me and triggering this? And I looked him up, and his name, and you might see where I'm going with this, is Eric Hivu. He is the father oh, of Christopher, Christopher Hivu. Uh, who plays Tor- Tormund Giantsbane, uh, oh, the big wow. red, red-bearded guy yeah. on uh, Game of Thrones. That's crazy. And now in Fast and he knows. <laughs> I know, right? So, yeah, if you look at him, once you see their eyes, it's exactly the same. So, uh, wow. Fun fact. Wow. Yeah. Um, guys, let's move. Who lost the movie? Uh, John. John, who lost the movie? Uh, I-, I think um, Bauer lost the movie. Uh, mm-hmm. That, you know, I mean... 
as we've talked about major small dick energy uh, throughout and just did not succeed really in any, anything ultimately. Um, and then apparently he got sent to the Eastern Front, which is no nobody's <laughs> favorite place. Uh, yeah. That means you fucked up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah, definitely Bauer. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump on that. That's, that's who I have for Lost. I also... Um, I, I I was not a huge fan of his performance. I understand Erland uh, uh, liked it, and that's fantastic. But uh, I I uh, I don't know if it's how the character was written. Maybe just didn't didn't do it for me. So and on top of it, yes, he you know Nazi gets sent to the Western uh, to excuse me the Eastern Front. Not a not a great end for that guy. So he lost the movie. Uh, Erland, Erland, who lost the movie? Honestly, I just I just kind of went off of which character I I kind of um, had the hardest, like the most trouble buying into in a way, and I think it was Olaf. Uh, I just felt like okay. he was maybe out of all the actors, maybe the one who, like I found him pretty annoying actually. I don't yeah, know. He, he was always like, he had kind of one note he kept hitting over and over, and I'm like, yeah, you're, you're in your there third, was like he's supposed no to be like doubt. 39 years old. And you're yeah. like you're acting like a like an like an eighteen year old in a lot yeah. of ways. You think and like be... I'm assuming it's because they were really trying to show the contrast between who um Holcomb was versus as a king versus uh Olaf, but like I don't know. I just felt like he uh yeah, he just I didn't care for his character. So for me it was like yeah. the first well, to forget. Well, this character uh this character didn't work for you, Erlen, but perhaps you found a guy in the movie that worked for you. Huh. Does anyone anyone here have a guy in the movie? My guy is Colonel Erickson because he's a badass, right? He's, he's good. How about you, yeah. John? Who's your guy? Um, I was I was kind of between Colonel Erickson and the one I ultimately chosen, which is Private Seberg. Um, okay. You know, I mean, that, like I think he represents Agreed. this kind of kind of it, he's young Norwegian he's innocent uh war happens to him he grows up a little bit as a result presumably then he goes on to fight and keep fighting um you know he's the every man or the every boy I suppose uh Mm -hmm. so yeah I mean he also gets that fun interaction with the king where he says hail king uh and but then he yeah I I don't know so he's my guy I agree with that I'm gonna jump on that as well I thought he was I thought he was essentially like a young a young lesser experienced Max Balnus because you know, he had this heroic mm-hmm. origin story, and he actually ends up going and fighting in in uh, Finland, right? Which is like, isn't that where we also the pick continuation up continuation war? Yeah. Ex- yeah, yeah, but isn't that like where literally where we pick up and find uh, in Max Manus? Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, they like, knowing that they're both real people. I'm like, they probably knew of each other because they're both, you know, very fairly famous. I'm guessing. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, great. Um, I my guy is the civilian guy who carries Seberg because so Seberg takes that grenade to the face. The, the Not Norwegian ideal. troops are falling back and the one guy's saying like, we can't leave Seberg. So they grab this poor civilian guy and they're like, we can't stay here cause we will die, but you can stay here. Just <laughs> sit here, here. Do you speak German? No. Okay. Just say I am a civilian. And then, so this poor guy, is probably a farmer in the town, you know, hasn't left the town in his life. And all of a sudden on this day is just just because that's where the battle had happened is all of a sudden caught between it, you know, the Third Reich rolling in. And then his face when the soldiers yell, you have to stay with him. You have to stay with him no matter what is like. Fuck, fuck me, man. Yeah. <laughs> and like, and just just trusting that you know the Nazis aren't just going to immediately shoot this man. That's a yes. that's a pretty big pretty big gamble, and yet carries uh, carries Siebert back and uh, does his duty. So uh, that's why that's my guy. All right, now uh, as always, we we will be uh, rating the film on a one to six uh, scale. Of course, we don't use stars on this podcast, but we pick an object from the film. Um, now uh, I I don't want to. Um, uh, do a long preamble about this because it has already been mentioned and it was it was just so clear from the moment um, I first saw it on screen. So today we are going to be uh, measuring the movie The King's Choice on a scale of one to six pairs of tactical combat mittens. Oh, yes. there we go. 
The mittens, man. Pairs. Pairs of tactical combat mittens because I love that outfit. You know, they got their helmets, they got their gear, they got their guns, and then they're all there with they're these all adorable These adorable mittens, mittens. And, and they're like argyle patterned, and it's like, so, so yes. I have I have um, a comic book here that's it's a Norwegian uh, like a graphic novel about um, about World War II and on the front of it is just it's a picture of like a, a grease gun like a um, like one of the guns from World War II that these long like submachine gun with the magazine put in on one side and then just a mitten folded the other ha. way and I'm like yeah that is <laughs> perfect that is the that is that's just Norwegian to yep. so encapsulates yes, it. On a, on a scale of one to six uh, pairs of tactical combat mittens, uh, what would you rate this film? I'm gonna I'm gonna rate this film. Uh, I have two ratings. Um, for when I uh, okay. when I uh, see first saw the movie, and then when after I listened to all of you make really great points about uh, you know pacing and and uh, you know some of the, the critiques about the the characterization of uh, particularly of of uh, Bauer. Um, so. Initially, I'm gonna give this a uh, a four point five pairs of whoa, high praise. Um, You're so nice. Wow. <laughs> but yeah, th- that said, I'm I'm going to uh, uh, my second rating is gonna be a three. I'm gonna settle on a three pairs of tactical combat mittens. Um, because you know, yeah, I love all the stuff you're talking about. The uh, you know, it was, it was really great, but then when you really got into it, uh, you know, some of the things kind of start. Uh, you find down a hole in the pair. Yeah, it's kind of yeah, like, exactly. how am I gonna huh. fix this? How about you, John? Actually, I want to go to Erlen next because seeing his face during Kevin's ratings, I think he's about to drag it, which I love. So let's go to him. <laughs> yeah, Erlen. Uh, yes. Well, I I had I had the opposite experience. I this was my second time watching it because. Uh, way before I even met you guys, I had seen this, and on that first viewing, I would maybe say three, because uh, <laughs> because it was like, yeah, okay, it was cool, and like, all right, cool, like uh, Norwegian pride and democracy, yay. And then on the second viewing, <laughs> I knew what was happening, and then I became so much more aware of the the like like I said, they're just juggling so many things because they're trying to go down this list of things that they're ticking off. Whether it's, it's like, it's. Um, we got to get these battles in. We got to get the father son uh, relationship thing in. Mm-hmm. We we got to uh, have this you can ambassador. See the of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then essentially I'm like, okay, I'm a, I'm a, I'm ending up at two two pairs of uh, oh. tactical military mittens. And like, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's fine. I'm sorry. That's, I know. No, <laughs> it's like me. It's it's me. It's me. Yeah, no, it 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 just reminds me. Uh, you, hearing you lay it out, it reminds me of one of my favorite films of all time. Um, uh, that had a massive flock right at the very end. Um, you've seen uh, uh, Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith, where they have to cram f- so much story into the last 10 minutes of the movie to line up into Episode Four. You know, r- the you know the last <laughs> the opening credits of Episode Four. I find it funny. No okay. one else does. Okay. okay, thank you. Okay, John, 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 what do you give it to? Uh, I will give it three and a half pairs of tactical Norwegian combat mittens. Mm-hmm. Um, I I enjoyed it, uh, and in fact, I may just be feeling this a little bit because it was my suggestion in the first place. But I enjoyed it. I like a good historical movie, um, and I thought you know I I actually I, I appreciate that it did not take too much license with history and try to make it crazy more dramatic than than it actually was the, the real history is plenty dramatic thank you very much mm-hmm. um but uh but you know it was it, it was a like kind of patriotic mm-hmm. historical movie and so and and trying to cram a lot in as has been said and so yeah it, it wasn't the most exciting or interesting movie i don't know that i would watch it want to watch it again but um but I appreciate having seen it. I think it's uh, it's a good good overview of the history for anyone who's sure. who's interested. It was a, a a totally fine way to spend slightly over two hours. Yeah. Um, though I would have shortened it if I could have. Uh, so so that's my three and a half. Uh, I'm gonna jump off that. Uh, I'm uh, I'm matching Erlen here with uh, <laughs> uh, two two pairs. Uh, as I, for all Ooh. the reasons I mentioned, I thought I think you could have cut. 30 minutes out of this movie like yeah. a lot of the the fleeing scenes kind of repeated themselves like oh a lot of scenes of a thing is happening someone runs up to the king we gotta go like i i get it um and uh so um and, and, and <laughs> kept 
Kevin. I know the for the if Ke- Kevin Kevin had Kevin Kevin had is just Bauer so, such a nice middle, critic. <laughs> Kevin had Bauer in the final confrontation scene said it's over Hawken I have the high ground I it would this be uh, six pairs five is five stars no but <laughs> but instead to me I'd say I'm gonna give it a, a two pairs and one of those mittens was previously dropped on the ground and was picked up and put on top of like a bush. Um, you know, so the, 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 the owner could then find it again. Um, yeah, so that's, <laughs> I'm going to give the two way. pairs of, of, uh, of combat, uh, tactical mittens. All right. So that brings us to the, uh, to the end. Uh, I, I think we, we have a diverse opinion here. Um, but I'm, I'm also very, very curious, um, about what we think of our next movie, which, uh, lucky for us is another film that's available in the U S on Amazon prime. And it is the 2017 film, What Will People Say? Or, Va will folk see, Panoshk? Um, uh, I am uh, not going to tell either of you guys what this is about. I think you should just go, go ahead and find it. And, go in blind. Uh, go uh, in blind. No Earl trailer. and I are very excited to talk about this. What Will People Say? Uh, from 2017. Yeah. Um, okay. Hey, it's Jack jumping in with a quick programming note. We decided to call uh, an audible on the film that we're going to watch next time after finding out that Netflix is going to release the, uh, the first ever uh, Norwegian-produced Netflix film, Cadaver, which is coming out October 27 uh, worldwide on Netflix. So it's a bit of a horror thriller, or so the trailer would appear. So we thought this might be a fun thing to do for Halloween. So the next film we'll be watching is, again, Cadaver. Um, coming out October 22nd, and then uh, we'll move on and do uh, What Will People Say in November. All right, thanks. Back to the show. All right, guys, if anybody wants to send us an email, uh, it's uh, podfornorge at uh, gmail.com. And uh, Kevin, this is where you sing the song. Uh, yeah, I was like, Kevin, where's the song? <laughs> yeah, I, I, ju- I just sang it. Weren't you, you weren't listening. At gmail.com. At gmail.com. All right, guys, and we'll, uh, we'll catch you for, uh, for the, next, uh, the next film. All right, see ya. Bye. Bye. Bye.